This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Ordinance Church with our senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie, bringing the message today, Could It Be Me? We'll start off with the praise team singing every praise is to our God right here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Ordinance Church Sunday morning worship service recorded September the 26th, 2021. Jesus. 
Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Say it one more time. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. 
one more time. When you say the name of Jesus, it rocks the whole world. When you say the name of Jesus, it moves everything. At the name of Jesus, Satan trembles. At the name of Jesus, hell's gates can be closed. There's power in the name of Jesus. If I say Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Yes, sir. He is and will be forevermore. Zachariah. Right. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. Exactly right. Say Jesus. Jesus. Now say it with authority. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> One more time. One more time. Jesus. God wants to if you'll let him. Say Jesus again. Jesus. When you say that name, the Holy Ghost just engulfs it. <laughs> no other name under heaven. I want to do a song, but I want to do this song here one more time. Because there's no greater name than the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's everybody worship the Lord. Brother David, let's do this song one more time. Everybody do this. Think about what you're singing about. Think about who you're singing about. You were the word at the beginning. He is the word. One with God the Lord most high Your name glory in creation Now revealed in you our Christ He's revealed What a beautiful name it is Jesus What a beautiful name it is Hallelujah Come on. Come on. 
here today. Come on, folks. The Holy Ghost is here today. Thank you, Jesus. There's no song I want you guys to have me sing this morning. It's called Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound because, it's because of the amazing grace of God that you and I are able to stand right where we are this morning with uplifting hands, praising and glorifying God. A lot of people around the world today has got to hide to even say the name of Jesus. They can't do what you and I do. They don't have the liberty or the freedom that we have. Aren't you glad for the freedom you have in the Holy Ghost this morning? Hallelujah. Song says, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Hallelujah. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. Fears 
shall praise the Lord. I said give the Lord some good praise this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's great and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. You might be seated. How many feel the Holy Ghost in this place this morning? Oh, he's here to meet every need to lift every burden in the house today. Somebody shout praise the Lord. 
All you folks, by the way, out there of internet and those that are watching on YouTube and Roku and different things, uh, I pray God's going to bless you right where you are in Jesus' name. He's right in the place uh, as much as he's in this place right here with you today. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Children, the church is headed back to the back. I'm so glad that I know Jesus, but more than that, I'm glad that he knows me. Amen? Ain't God good today? Thank you, sweet Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord in this place. How many came expecting something? Hallelujah. He ain't through yet. Some of you just quit. He said, yes, we got problems in the White House. We got problems in, what, in uh, Washington. But people, we have got problems in our churches. So many of them has been shut down, has quit, and they're quitting on God and he don't no. want us to quit. Come on, come on. He wants us to keep on worshiping yeah, him the truth. and praising him. Uh, I have yeah. a burden for everybody, for all the churches. Day. Glory. God just be with us. Continue. We don't need to lose the Lord out of our churches. That's right. We need to come back and be here again. Amen. <laughs> glory. 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 Somebody shout praise the Lord. Oh, he's here today. Thank you, Jesus. If you got your Bibles, we're going to the book of John, chapter 13, verse 21 through 30. Could it be me? Look at your neighbor and say, could it be me? Could it be me? Could be. Could it be me? On the night before Jesus' crucifixion, we find him in the upper room with all of the disciples as they prepared for the last supper. <laughs> the last supper, the last meal they're going to have with the Lord. They're preparing for it. They're getting ready for it. They're there. They're with the Lord. John chapter 13, verse 21 through 30. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, verily, verily, I say to you that one of you shall betray me. Mm. Now notice what it said. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in his spirit. And then he testified and said to the disciples that were right there with him. He said, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Verse 22, then the disciples looked one on another. Everybody look around at one another. They're sitting there and they looked around at one another. The Bible says, doubting. They looked around doubting of whom he spake. And then verse 23. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. That's the way John preferred himself in the book of John. He preferred himself as the one that Jesus loved. And I tell you today that Jesus loves all of us this morning, amen? But he was leaning on the bosom of Jesus, whom, whom Jesus loved, 
Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. In other words, Peter said, John, you're there. You're leaning on his bosom. How about asking him who it is of who he's talking about? Who is it of whom he spake? He then lying on Jesus' breath said unto him, Lord, who is it? Look at your neighbor and say, who is it? Jesus answered, he it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it and when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Issachar, the son of Simon. Verse 27. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Now notice what it says. After the sop, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus said unto him, that thou doest, do quickly. In other words, you need to hurry up and do what you're going to do. Verse 28. Now, no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. They didn't know. They, they, didn't, they didn't know what he was telling Judas. They didn't know exactly what he was saying. He, he, they probably thought, well, he's, he's got the money back. He's got everything there. He's got it all. So Jesus probably telling him to go out and get the supplies we need for the Last Supper or go out and get this or go out and get that something that we need. That's probably what the disciples were thinking. Verse 29, for some of them thought because Judas, as I just said, because Judas had the bag that Jesus had sent him to him, buy those things uh, that we have need of against the feast uh, or that he should give something uh, to the poor. In other words, they thought Judas is going out to do something good. Judas is going out to do something wonderful. He's going out to bring back things that we need for this supper or either he's going out, Jesus told him uh, that somebody over there's got a need. Uh, I want you to go give them, uh, in other words, give the poor something that they need today uh, and that's what they were thinking. Verse 30, he then having received a sop went immediately out and it was night. Somebody say God bless the reading of his word. Uh, it's amazing here. None of us this morning like that word betray. There's no worse feeling in the world than to know that someone whom you thought you knew and that you could really trust violates that trust and turns against you. Have you ever had anybody to turn against you? You ever had somebody to betray you? Marriages and relationships are often split and destroyed because of the betrayal of one against another. I think that all of us have experienced sometime another betrayal in one form or another. When Jesus made this announcement, one of you is going to betray me. When he made that announcement, all of the disciples wondered who he might be speaking about. Who's he talking about? He said one of us. Who is Jesus talking about? We need to know who he's talking about. Is it I? I alluded to this, I believe, last week that Jesus loved them all so much 
that when he made this announcement, one of you is going to betray me, they didn't have a clue. Even though Judas was the one, they didn't have a clue because Jesus showed them how much he loved Judas throughout the whole situation of all the three and a half years. They never knew. And that's what God wants church folks to do. He wants us to love one another just like he's loved us. Ain't that what he says? That we shouldn't have faults and arguments and, and fighting and backbiting and bellyaching against one another. He wants us to love us so much that if there is trouble in the house. We'll wonder who it is. Who is it? And then when it's, when it's revealed, we'll do, we'll be able to pray one for another today. Is that all right? Churches can't do that. The man just said this morning, heard on the radio, there's trouble in the White House, there's trouble in the church houses. That's a known fact all over the world. Churches are being closed down. Churches are being shut down. Preachers are walking out. Teachers are walking out. They can't stand the pressure more. They can't take it no more. But I got news for you this morning. There are times when I've wanted to walk out. But you know what? When you get on your face before God, he'll let you know you don't need to walk out because greater is he that's in you uh, than he that's in the world. Uh, greater is he that's in me than anybody sits in a church pew uh, anywhere I go to, amen? Uh, where I'm pastoring, where I'm doing revival, where I'm doing anything, uh, greater is he that's in me uh, than anybody that sits on a pew this morning. Uh, and he says he's the one I answer to, uh, not the human being. I got the answer to Jesus Christ. Church folks don't like that kind of talk from a preacher. Because they like to control him. You know what I did with my control button? I took it and threw it away years ago. When I got up off my face, got up off my knees, and I said, God, here am I, I'm yours, I, I took the control button and threw it away. Nobody, nowhere controls me except my Father which is in heaven today. I heard somebody on the breath say, your wife controls you. Oh yeah, your wife controls you. Just part of the time. <laughs> I probably need a little to control me more, but I don't, I don't do it. But, you know. Oh, it's quiet in here right now. But when Jesus made this announcement, they wondered, who's he speaking about? They all tried to look like angels to each other. You know how we do when we come to church? We got our angel wings on. Oh, we put our hand on that door, we're walking. When you take that first step into church, everything changes. I'm different than I was outside that door. Let me tell you something. If you're different than you were outside the door of the church, you need to get your stuff straightened out in here before you go out there. Because when you go out there, you're supposed to be the same as you are in here. Somebody shout praise the Lord. I remember when I first came here, I said, let me tell you folks what I want you to do. I want you to be just like, I want you to be the same in 10 or 15 years as you are right now. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Because I know how it is. I've been to different churches and people try to impress you. They put on the best. They put on the best there for a little while. They got everything. Everything's lined up and everything's good. All with the greatest people you've ever seen in your life. And then after a while, that seems to wear off a little bit. And the impressing stage is gone. Now we're who we are. Somebody shout praise the Lord. I don't try to impress nobody. I just am who I am. What you see is what you get. It is what it is. 
Some folks say, well, I like it. Some folks say, I don't. That's okay. Jesus said, follow me. You're going to be all right. Did it right? I'm meddling now and tell the way y'all looking at me. But it's a known fact. We go through impressing stages. I mean, no, Jesus never went through an impressive stage. He was who he was from the very beginning. As Brother, as brother Bill said this morning, he, he's, he, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, so to speak. It's what he said. Uh, what he is, he's always been. And what he's always been, he's always will be. Uh, what he's done, he's always done. And what he's doing right now, he's always going to keep doing. Uh, Jesus never changes. How many know you and I are supposed to change in the Lord? Well, preacher, I don't. Yes, you do. If you change towards me, you've changed in the Lord. Come on. If you don't love me, you've changed in the Lord. Because how can you love, not love me, whom you have seen, and when you ain't got, how can you love, not love me, you have seen, and you can't, and love God, you ain't seen. You can't do it. That's what the Bible says. There are people that betrayed us all, all through our life. But how many knows God's going to bring us through that? So they all try to look like angels. After all, this was an elite group. These were handpicked by God himself. They were handpicked by Jesus' men who would be the very first apostles of the church. These were the elite group. This was it. This was them. This is where the church started. They should have been above reproach. Surely it could be one of surely it couldn't be one of them. Ain't no way it could be. Or could it be? They were handpicked. Jesus said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. What did they do? They threw everything down they had and they went to follow him. Didn't have nothing. People asked them, where they're crazy. Have you lost your mind? What are you doing? Especially them guys that were fishermen. What are you doing? You leave your boat, your net and everything. You're just walking away and leaving it. Yep. Because there's something about that individual just walked by me, said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. I don't know what he's got yet. I don't know what he's all about. But there's something about him that draws me right to him. Can I tell you something this morning, friend? There's something about Jesus this morning that ought to still be drawing you and I as close to him as he ever as we ever been. Some folks say, well, I'm not as close to God as I used to be. Then we might better get some things straightened out because I'm going to tell you something. You don't get no closer to nobody than them living inside of you. Too short, won't one of them. John was so close to Jesus, he is leaning against Jesus, uh, and even he asked, hey, Lord, tell me who's going to betray you. Let me know. If you look closely and you'll see, you will see that every one of them began to say, is it me, Lord? Surely it can't be me. Why, I'm, I'm a disciple. Can't be me. I'm a preacher. And then way it can be me. I'm an evangelist. It can't be me. I'm the Sunday school teacher. It can't be me. Ain't no way. I'm a men's president. I'm a women's president. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a missionary director. It can't be me. No way it can be me. Lord, I walk with you every day. It surely, surely it can't be me. I'm with you every day. In Matthew 26, 25, we see that even Judas asked that question. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, 
Is it I? Judas knew the answer. He was still trying to put on a good front. But he was about to be exposed for the sake that, or for the snake that he was. And I tell the church something this morning. Listen to me careful. There's coming a time, there's coming a day very quickly. Very quickly, there's coming a time throughout the universal church of Jesus Christ because Jesus' people's all coming together. And before they can all come together, he's got to separate the goats from the sheep. That's got to happen. That's going to happen. If you don't believe it, go back and read Matthew 24 and 25. There's going to come a time that he's going to separate the sheep from the goat. <clears throat> and this right here, <clears throat> Judas was trying his best. Uh, he was still putting on upon the front. And I got news for folks that are putting on front. There's going to come a time uh, that they're going to be revealed for exactly who and what they are. Uh, and the church world's going to know it. Uh, Jesus Christ already knows it. Uh, and there's going to come a time, as I said, he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Uh, he said, you a goat, get on this side, you a goat. Get on this side. In other words, come on and follow me, he says. Let me tell you something. The Bible speaks about wolves in sheep clothing. Can I tell you something? After a while, those, those, those sheep clothing is going to come off those wolves. You hear what I'm saying? And they're going to be revealed. It's going to come off. And then there they stand. Exactly who they are, what they are, and what they're all about. Because God's going to reveal exactly who we are in the time. And it's very shortly coming up because Jesus... It's about to come. Can I get an amen? God right now is getting everything wrapped up and ready to let the, the Jesus come and take the bride of Christ out of here. Every single one of them, from John on down, all said the same thing. I would never do that. There's no way, there's no way it could be me because I would never betray my Lord. There's no way. Well, let's look at some of them. We know Simon Peter, known as the rock, says it couldn't be me because I am a charter member. I've been with Jesus longer than anybody else has. I've been with him longer than any of the rest of you have. There's no way it could be me. Some folk think the longer they're in the church, the more authority they have. But how many know that the authority of the kingdom of God has never changed? Peter said, I've been there the longest. I'm a good man. I'm the rock of this group. Why, Jesus himself called me a stone. And that didn't mean that I had a head as hard as a rock either. It meant that you can really count on me, Lord. I am the security force of this little group, me, Peter. No one will fight off any, an enemy or stand up for Jesus as much as I will. I'm willing to fight to the death right now. I am solid. Jesus knows that even if every one of you left him, I'd still be there. I'll go with him all the way. Yet only a few hours later, you would find Peter cursing, cursing the Lord, betraying him before the accusers outside of Pilate's hall. Are you one? Nope, not me. I don't know the man. Three times they asked him. Nope, I don't know him. 
But surely it can't be me. I've been with him from the very from the very start. I was with him from day one. There's no way it can be me. And then just a few hours later, I don't know him. I don't know who he is. I'm not part of it. And then look at James. James the martyr. Says it couldn't be me. I'm in the inner circle. <laughs> I'm with the in crowd. Ain't no way it can be me. I'm with the most important people. There's Peter, John, myself. We are the most privileged of all. We've seen more, been with Jesus more, and we'll see more than anyone else. I am a giver and a faithful servant. Jesus knows that I would sacrifice everything for him. Yet James asks, could it be me that betrays the Lord? And then you got John. His name means gracious. Wonders, John wonders. Who could it be? Could it be me? Surely it couldn't be anybody, anybody but me. I'm closer to Jesus than anybody. He knows how much I love him. Why should I betray the Lord? Why even right now I am the only one in this room who is in the perfect position uh, close enough to Jesus uh, to talk to him face to face uh, and ask him this question. It can't be me. Surely, Lord, it can't be me. Who will betray you? Yet, even though John loved the Lord, he wasn't sure that he was incapable of betraying the Lord. And then you got Andrew. His name means manly. He says, it couldn't be me. I'm a man and not a sissy. I would never betray him, not me. I can't betray Jesus, or could I? Because something happened, make me do such a thing. And then you got Philip. Philip says, it couldn't be me. I'll admit that sometimes I have trouble with this faith walk, but I can't help it if I'm the type that needs to see proof before I can believe. That doesn't mean that I'm gonna betray him, that I'm a betrayer, don't mean that. And then you got Thomas, we all know about Thomas. Could it be me? I know that I'm the doubter of the bunch. I doubt a lot of things. I don't, always, I don't always accept everything they had said without some added persuasion. But that doesn't make me a bad follower. I still love the Lord. I still want to serve him and be faithful to the end. Sure, I doubt, but I myself couldn't betray Jesus or could I? And then you got Matthew. His name means gift of God. Can you imagine? You being the gift of God. It couldn't be me. I've given that old life of stealing up to follow the Lord and I won't turn back now. I used to be a thief. I once was a trouble sinner, but now I'm saved. I made a quality decision to follow Jesus. I couldn't be the one to betray the Lord or could I? What could come to make me turn my back on Jesus and go after the things of this world again? What, what could? Is something like that coming soon or I hope that it's not me who will betray the Lord. I'm a giver now, not a taker. Then you got Bartholomew. You got James, the son of Alphaeus. You got... Uh, Thaddeus and Simon the Canaanite all asked themselves, could it be me? 
Would any of us be the betrayer? Would we love being a disciple? We all want to inherit a position in the new kingdom that is coming. We all believe in Jesus as our deliverer. Why should we betray him and lose it all? Surely it couldn't be one of us. Or could it? Could it be? And then you got Judas. Even Judas Issachar says that it couldn't be me. He knew how to put on such a good show that no one suspected him of anything more than they did of anyone else. He was trusted explicitly. After all, Jesus and the disciples made him the treasures or the treasure and anyone knows that money is the greatest tempter of all. Is money the greatest tempter of all? Money can do a lot of things to a lot of people. Money can mess up a lot of people. You let someone die that's got something and their family is all the pieces. All of a sudden they come back together. And the ones that ain't never been around for a long time, now it's gonna run the show and tell everybody what they need to do and how they're gonna do and what they're gonna do with this and that and the other. And then all of a sudden you got some fuse fussing and fighting because mama and daddy left this and left that. They left this for me and left that for you. No, no, no. In other words, you ain't gonna get this, I'm gonna get that. I mean, it's amazing how that when death comes uh, and somebody's got a little something, it's amazing how attitudes of people, the frame of mind of people, how people do and how they act and things they do. Uh, it's amazing to me uh, how, how, how it all transpires uh, and after a while that gets one another, don't like one another, don't love one another, don't even include them in family no more uh, because of the dispute uh, of what mom and daddy had. I told my mama when she died, I said, mama, this is what I want you to do. Before you go, if you want me, your son, to have anything at all, I want you to put my name on it because I will not go through your stuff after you're gone. I won't do it. So guess what? Mama died. I didn't go through nothing. I was sitting on the couch and everybody just going through it, having themselves a heyday. Mama didn't have a whole lot. I went to the pharmacy one time to pick up a medication for her. She said, son, I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I want you to take care of my car. That's the only thing in this world I own. So take care of my car. I said, yes, ma'am, I'll do it. That's all, mama, that's all mama had in the world was a car that was paid for, so to speak. That's what that was in their heart. That was in their mind. But they were going through stuff like crazy. After a while, my sister called Judy. She said, let me tell you something. You need to get over here because he's sitting on the couch. He's not doing nothing. He's not going through anything. He's not doing anything. You need to get over here. If there's anything you guys want, you need to come get it. Because I told mama, put my name on what you want me to have or I, I'm not going through your mess. Simple as that. I ain't going to fuss and fight and feud over. So my wife came over. She looked at me. She said, what am I supposed to do? I said, do what you want to do. I said, do like they're doing. Get your box, set it down. If there's something you want, get it and put it in the box. Don't worry about it. So she, she started that. She, I'm just telling you how, how it goes sometimes. Even in my family at that particular moment, she started looking at stuff. She, she'd pick up something. And she'd think to herself, she said, well, I'd be able to like this. And then somebody come over and said, you know, I believe I want that and take it out of her hand and go put it in her box. And then she'd pick up something else and somebody come over and said, well, I think I want that. So I told her, I said, if there's anything you want, quit looking at it, just take it and put it in your box. That's all you got to do. You see how greedy people get? Listen to me carefully. You see how greedy people get? When greed gets a hold of you, you're gone. 
Greed will destroy you. Every, listen to me, church member. Greed will destroy you every time. You ain't going to know where we're greed all up in your heart. Come on, somebody help me out. I could go as far as saying if you don't pay tithes, you're greedy. And if you're greedy, guess what? You ain't going to glory. Some people say, well, preacher, you can't say that. Just because I don't pay tithes don't mean, I'm, don't mean I'm greedy. Yes, you are. You're not giving to God what, what God says is his. Somebody shout praise the Lord. A whole lot rather try to live on the 90% than try to live on the 10%. Somebody shout praise the Lord right there. It's okay because if you don't pay your tithes, you can rest assured. Your money's going somewhere because the Bible says it's like you got holes in your pocket and it never gets filled. Somebody was telling me this week just how the Lord was blessing them and how God was doing things in their life and different things uh, and, and we were talking about it some. Uh, me and Judy was talking about it and I made the statement. I said, let me tell you something. When you do according to the will of God and you do what God, not what God requires you to do, but what God asks you to do and you want to do it for the glory of God, there's no way in the world that God won't, won't, won't multiply, press down, shaken together, and given over. Will God allow men to give into your bosom? So you folks that ain't paying your tithes with the internet, you folks that ain't paying your tithes in the church world, keep sitting around and wondering why I'm not being blessed. Why am I not getting this? Why am I not getting that? Why, why does it seem like I'm always, I'm always behind in everything? Or I get just enough to get there and that's all I got. Can I tell you something? The God that I serve this morning is a God of more than enough. Ah, right. uh, meddling right now. Let me get back over here. Jesus said it can't be me. If I wanted to be a thief, I could be very, it, could, it could be very easy. But you know, I do love the position and the title and access to the money. I'm never broke like the rest because I have the whole treasury. I ain't never broke. <laughs> you know, you hear people all the time, poor mouth. How they ain't got this, they ain't got that, and all this, this, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. When I get around folks that talk, they start talking like that, I said, let me ask you something. I said, if you woke up tomorrow morning and you were in the shape that you're in right now of what you're talking about, how would you feel? They look at me with that long face. Let me tell you something. You ain't got to sit around and brag on what you got, but you can be thankful to the good Lord of what you got. Is that all right? I don't have a whole lot. But I tell folks, hey, what's the old song you sang years ago? I'm a poor, poor rich man in the sight of God. I heard a preacher talking this week. He said, God owns the thousand hills. He owns the cattle on the hills. And I thought he was going to go a little bit further with it, but he stopped right there because Brother Cates used to say, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the tater under the hill and Jack Cates is going to have steak and tater every once in a while. I don't care what nobody says. You understand what I'm saying? God will bless you abundantly. When you think there ain't no way, he'll make a way. But if you're holding back and doing this and that and the other, if I won't pay in tithes today, I wouldn't even expect God to do anything for me. Nothing at all. I wouldn't even have a right to even ask God for anything. Oh, that hit like a rock. But it's a known fact. Why? Because God said, will a man rob me? How? How's a man going to rob me? Through tithes and offerings. Let me get back over here. 
He said, I'm not a thief no more. I have access to the money. I'm never broke. I like the rest. I like the rest because I have the whole treasure. I'm, I, I'm not broke like the rest. And look, I'm sitting closer to Jesus than most of the other disciples. They can't suspect this me, so why reveal my true nature? Let them wonder who the betrayer is. They will never know the truth of what I am doing in secret. My secret, my secret sin is mine alone. Can I tell you a secret this morning? Your secret sin is not yours alone. You can rest assured that somebody besides you knows all about it. Can I get an amen? The Bible said, be sure your sins are your sin will find you out. The secret sins that people think they have, there's a God sitting on the throne, there's a son sitting at the right hand, there's a Holy Ghost in the midst of us this morning, and he, the Holy Ghost, knows every single thing about you. He knows what you're thinking right now as you're sitting on that pew. I wish he'd change the subject and get on something else. The Holy Ghost knows it. Your secret sin. Can I tell you something? That secret sin you think is so secret? You're not the only one who knows it. Somebody besides you, and I'm talking about in the human flesh, somebody besides you knows about it. Who was the betrayer at the table? Of course, we know that it was Judas, but no one knew who it was that day except for the Lord. And he was about to expose the sinful rat that sat at the table. I'm getting ready to expose you. What you do, you better do quickly because you're about to be exposed. John chapter 13, verse 26. Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Issachar, the son of Sinai. Of Simon, Simeon, Simon. Jesus took some bread and sopped it, then handed it to Jesus. I mean, handed it to Judas. Now, I was thinking of this sop, S-O-P. Everybody say S-O-P. What in the world does S-O-P stand for? S-O-P could stand for Satan-owned person. You're owned by Satan. John 13, 27, after the sop, Satan entered into him. After the sop, Satan entered into him. Can Satan enter a Christian? If they're Christian, listen. Before a Christian can betray the Lord, we have to give place to the devil. When we quit fighting Satan, we start surrendering to him. Listen to me. There's no neutral ground in this spiritual warfare. Some people say, I stop, I'm standing still. The Bible tells us to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Even in at standing still is an action word to God because even at standing still, you're still moving with God. But there is in this spiritual warfare that we're in, uh, there is no neutral. You don't stop. You either going forward or you're backing up. There ain't no in-between. There's no neutral ground in the spiritual warfare. We must either be full of Jesus or we will be full of the devil. Wait a minute, preacher. That's the way it goes. 
Jesus and Satan ain't gonna live in the same house. They're not gonna live in the same temple. When you bring Satan in, you can rest assured that Jesus is gonna step aside. Has he left you? No, he ain't left you. You left him. I didn't say he's gone. I said he just steps aside. He moves out of your way because he ain't gonna force nothing on you or anybody. He's gonna allow you because you're a mortal man or a mortal woman. You got free choice to do what you wanna do. So if you allow Satan to come in, Jesus is gonna step aside. So we're either full of Jesus or we're full of the devil. Oh. The Bible says I either love God or I love the devil. And if I love the devil, I hate God. Some folks say, well, I'm not serving him, but I don't hate him. If you're not serving him, you hate him according to the scripture. No, I don't hate God. That's a hard word. Well, you dislike God. No, you look it up and it'll be hate. You're either full of God, full of Jesus, or you're full of the devil. We must either be full of, of Jesus or be full of the devil and we will serve whomever we allow to own us. Is that all right? Or it could be skilled on pretending, SOP. Skilled on pretending, verse 28 of 13, John. No man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. They didn't know, who, they didn't know what, he, what, he, what he was telling Judas. Sometimes I look at people and it's hard to tell if they're, or if they're for real. You ever seen people just wonder if they're for real? We are so good at masking our hearts. People think that we are spiritual, but we aren't. People think that we are living holy, but, but our secret sins are hidden, just waiting to be exposed. How many know the buds come out at night? <clears throat> That's when they come out most of them. At my house, they never come out in the daytime unless you come over. We got this thing called a water bug. <clears throat> my granddaughter Angel says, Papa, me, me, that's a roach. No, it ain't, it's a water bug. Papa, that's a roach. No, it ain't, Angel, it's a water bug. I cannot train her to say water bug. Papa, that's a roach. And she's scared to death of them. But they never come out until somebody comes over. Then you'll see one crawling up the wall. I'm telling you, these things are big enough I can hop on the back and they take me to bed. <laughs> I'm talking huge things. But they don't come out at daytime until somebody comes over. They'll be sitting on the couch. You'll be sitting in your chair, you'll be looking. All of a sudden, out of the corner of your eye, you see one scooting over. Hurry up, get under that piece of furniture. Hurry up, get under there. And then you look up over the head, there's one crawling on the ceiling. They don't come out until somebody comes over. But I can tell you this, at night they're revealed. When you walk in that dark room and you turn that light on, shoo, you see them scatter. At the time you're doing like this, trying to kill as many as you can. Judas says, don't tell them folks that. They'll think our house is full of bugs. I ain't gonna tell you they're full of bugs, but I'm gonna tell you there's bugs in there that we can't see. And they hang around long enough to get grown. I almost, I was thinking the other day, I was gonna ask Siri. I can't, she got my phone. If I say it too loud, Siri will start talking to me. The other day I was riding, I was thinking, I was gonna ask, I said, I'm gonna ask Siri. Hey Siri, how long does a roach live? <laughs> 
I want to know how long they live. Because they start out, I mean, water bug. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say rush of water bug. How long do water bugs live? They start out little bitty. Then all of a sudden, they big as your thumb. So my, there was one the other night that was calling, she was after him. Y'all seen her. He went up on her. I said, he'll come back after a while. He's crazy. He'll come back after a while. Sure enough, he came out again. She tried again. She missed it. I said, he'll be back. And he came out again. That time she got it. She said that was a big one. He was so, I saw him crawling across the kitchen floor. He was so big, he couldn't even pick his body up. He was dragging. And I believe the stuff you buy for him feeds him instead of kills him. Amen? So what are you saying, preacher? <clears throat> I'm saying one of these times, one of these days, it ain't going to be long. I wish Joey had that spotlight on up there. There's going to light going to come up over you. You know, when Paul was on the road to Damascus, he saw a bright light. Every single one of us, there it is. Am I in the spotlight? There's going to be a light like that that shines over us. And when the light pops on, all the secret sin. Notice I didn't say sin. So sin is sin. All the secret sin is going to be Revealed. And then the only thing you do is stand there and say, well, God, help me now in Jesus' name because everything I thought was covered and under the blood or th thought was covered, not under the blood, thought was covered from everybody, nobody else knows it. Now it's revealed. What am I going to do? And you know what's going to happen when, when sin is revealed and a lot of people, come here, Frank, you know what's going to happen? To a lot of people in church uh, when sin is revealed uh, and all the other folks are so holy, so righteous, uh, so in tune with God, so in that, uh, the sin's gonna be revealed uh, regardless what it might be. I was trying to think of something. I don't want you to look too bad. He's got more money than he needs, so it can't be money. But anyway, he got the need for a $100 bill, so he steals a $100 bill. He didn't do it, I'm just using this for an example. All the righteous, holy folk in church the light, put the light right here, Joy. All of a sudden, light's gonna come on. Look, cut it off, cut it back on. Cut it back on. Zero in, look at that. The light shines. My God, there it is. You seen cartoons like a little bulb up here, this is what he says? Frankie stole a hundred dollar bill from one of the church members. All us holy, righteous folk, you know what we're gonna do? Instead of Frankie, let me tell you what I wanna do. I wanna pray with you, I want God to forgive you, I wanna forgive you, I wanna let you know that we love you, we want to support you and do everything we can to make sure you get everything straight with God because we don't want you to miss heaven. That's what we're supposed to do. But most of the righteous folks are gonna say, you don't, you don't, I don't need you. But you know what they'll do? Secretly, secretly they'll do what I just did, they'll push it away, push him away. Come here, Frank. Preachers mess up too, you know that? If he was a preacher, preacher got to mess around with a piano player. You are exactly right. But I'm not the preacher I'm talking about right now. <laughs> I will tell y'all something. My wife was in a group of women one time. She worked at a place in Little Washington. 
She was in a group of women. Women was talking about sitting at the table about how they run around with this, how they run around with that. I mean, sitting there, women tough now. Sitting there talking about how they run around with this, how they went, went, slept with this, how they done this, how they done the other. And my wife sitting there at the table, that's what she said. Y'all ain't done nothing. I slept with the preacher's wife. I slept, I slept with the preacher last night and he's got two youngins. And she left it at that. She didn't tell them no different. They began to tell her just how sorry she was. You messing around with the preacher? You were sorry. Let me tell you something. She wouldn't be no sorry than what they are. They're just trying to characterize what's worse than the other. Sin, sin. Where it's $100 or it's a penny. Amen? But in secret, messing around with a piano player or messing around with somebody, church members messing around with one another, and it's in secret. Nobody knows. Let me tell you something. There are more folk know it than you think they know it. If you don't believe it, that's something preachers that fail. But now I've been restored. Thank God for that. That's what I'm saying. And what do we do? We push it off. We accept the fact. No, what I need to do if he's messing around with somebody in the church, I need to, as a pastor, you as a church member, if you know it, you need to walk up to him and say, Frankie, I rebuke that spirit in you now. You gotta stop now because you're headed to hell. Instead of backing off and saying, well, it'll be all right. It'll be, it'll be over after a while. No, it won't. it won't never be over until it's made right with God. I make it right with you, then I go on about my way. no. The Bible says when you go to the altar, leave your gift there, come back and make it right with him, then come back and make it right with God. There's a lot of folks. You say, there's a lot of folks. Don't be messing around my wife. There's a lot of folks. There's a lot of folks walking around today thinking they're okay and they're headed to hell as sure as I'm standing on this floor this morning. Because they ain't made things right with whoever it needs to be made right with then make it right with God. They're on their way to hell. God, it's quiet in here. But that's a known fact. Somebody say amen, oh me, do something. So we're good at masking the hearts, good at hiding secret sins. I remember a commercial one time a few years ago, <clears throat> a few years back. The commercial says, are you live or are you Memorex? I remember that. Memorex tapes, the little cassette tapes, Memorex tapes, they claim to be so good when you listen to the Memorex, it'd be just like listening to it live. That's how good it was. So they said, are you live or are you Memorex? So much of the time, so much of the time, you really have to have, you really have, to have some spiritual discernment to, to know the difference. That's what I'm saying. Church folks, listen to me. The devil's gonna move in. The devil's gonna creep in. I'm going to tell you now, the devil's already here part of the time. Ooh. The devil's here. Believe it or not, he's here. You ain't come to church without him coming somewhere. Somehow he's going to invite himself in. And you have to deal with that. You have to deal with the spirits that people are allowing the devil to use for them. The devil can't do nothing on his own. He's got to have somebody to do his works for him. And ever who allows him to use him like Judas did, that's the only way the devil can get anything done if, God, if, the, if somebody allows the devil to take him. So church folks, we better get to where we got some discernment that we know the difference. People are really good pretenders and that's what Judas was. He pretended to be a disciple that loved Jesus but he was there for the wrong reason. SOP, steadily occupied position. A steadily occupied position. John 13, 29. 
For some of them thought because Judas had the bag that Jesus uh, had said unto him, buy those things that we have need of against the feast or that he should give something to the poor. No one, no one even realized at first that Judas was the betrayer because he had held his position for so long that he was set permanently. Ain't no way in the world it could be Judas. Judas has been here. He's been here so long. There's no way in the world Judas could be the betrayer. Been here so long. Can I tell you something this morning? It don't matter how long you've been somewhere. It don't matter how long you've been there. What matters is is your relationship with Jesus Christ to the point that he can take you and use you for what he wants to use you for. Or you've been here so long that, hey, this is me. This is it. This is the way it's going to be. This is what's got to happen. We're going to go this way. When you get in the frame of mind, it's going to be your way instead of God's way. You're in the wrong way. You need to get out of the way. Did I say that right? That's exactly, that's a fact. When me as a preacher get in the wrong way, instead of wanting God's way and I want it my way, I need to get out of the way. Because God ain't pleased in nothing that I do. Until, I, until I'm at the point as, I, as I'm clay in the potter's hand that he can take me and mold me exactly what he wants me to be and how he wants me to be. And when he's through with me, he can say, now that I've molded you, that I've put in you what I want, I want you to let out of you what I put in there and what you got in there, get it out of the way. In other words, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that liveth in me, amen. I've been sanctified through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm cleansed now. I'm doing the things God wants me to do. It's not about me, it's all about him. And if he can take me as his mouthpiece and use me for his glory, then everything's gonna be all right. But when I say, God, I'm through with it this way, we're gonna do it this way, I'm doing it my way, and if we can't do it my way, then, then what's gonna happen? You know what God's gonna tell me? You do it any way you want to. And you know what's gonna happen? I'll see the things start to deteriorate and separate and dissolve and everything be gone to the pots because I stepped out the will of God. Listen to me, church folk. If you're out of the will of God this morning, get back in the will of God because God's getting ready to do something in this thing and God ain't gonna let you stop it. I honestly believe that with all my heart. He's not gonna let nobody stop what he's wanting to do and the Holy Ghost is gonna take over this thing, take over this place and you ain't seen nothing yet at Pine Level and you've seen a lot of things over the years. You've seen how God blessed over the years. You've seen how God supplied needs you never thought would be supplied. But I got news for you. You ain't seen nothing yet because the best days are yet to come and the, and the, and the days that you've seen behind you have been great days but greater is the latter and the former because God's gonna begin to bless and when God's, the only way God's gonna bless, he's gonna start moving things out of the way that's in his way that he can go ahead because could it be me? God, if you gotta move me, move me. Do with me what you gotta do. I don't care. You take me and do with me what you wanna do because I don't wanna hinder nothing God's doing. And we've been in ministry for 43 years. Some preachers get to that point, they say, man, I've been here long enough. I'm gonna do exactly what I wanna do. You do what you wanna do. You'll find that you ain't gonna get nowhere. It ain't about Jerry Barber. It's not about Judy Barber. It's not about Pine Level PH Church. It's all about Jesus Christ and him crucified. Can I get an amen? That's what it's all about. No one even realized. And then, son of perdition, SOP. Son of perdition, 17 and 12. John chapter 17, verse 12. While I was with them in the world, 
I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition. None of them is lost but Judas. That the scripture might be fulfilled. You see, Judas had pretended for so long and had occupied his position for so long that he didn't even know himself that he had become a tool of the devil. He didn't realize what the full impact of, sin, of his sin would be. Perhaps he only thought that they, could, they would scourge Jesus or imprison him for a little while or find him guilty of a lesser crime. I don't think Judas ever thought that his betrayal would cause Jesus to be crucified. He was an unwitting tool of the devil. And then, I got to finish up, then settled on price, S-O-P, settled on price, Matthew 26, 15, and said unto them, what will you give me and I will deliver him unto you? And they co coveted with him for 30 pieces of silver. In other words, they contracted in. They, they, they contracted Judas for 30 pieces of silver. You do this and we'll give you 30 pieces of silver. When we see that Judas was only after money and he was paid 30 pieces of silver. Silver in scripture is nearly always, nearly always used as a symbol of judgment. 30 pieces of silver was the price of the precious blood of Jesus. 30 pieces of silver was the price of a slave that had been gored by an ox or in, in, an Old Testament, in an Old Testament law. Thus Jesus was sold as a slave and would be, be pierced by the nails and, and spears of those who crucified him. Sold as a slave, but he wouldn't rise. Listen to me. He was sold as a slave, but he would rise as king of kings and lord of lords. Can I get an amen? What the devil meant for good, bad, God turned it around and made it for good. What the devil means for bad for you, God can turn that thing around for you. The main point of SOP, 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 is that Judas was the same old person, SOV, SOP, same old person. He'd followed Jesus, but really, had never been born again. Didn't get that close to him. Never changed like so many today. Never fully knew Jesus. He would, he, 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 and he would never know Jesus as his savior because he loved this world and he desired his own religion. Judaism. Rather than to believe in Jesus. He was religious but lost. Can I tell you something? You can be religious today but be lost. You can go to church today and be lost. Now my question to you is, could any of us betray Jesus? Could any of us betray him? None of us, none of us are as holy as we want everyone to think that we are. None of us are as perfect as we sometimes make out to be. We are all capable of betraying Jesus if we aren't careful to maintain our faithful walk with him. Could we be a SOP? 
Same old person. I pray that we will all truly know Jesus as our Lord. I pray that God would take us real, not just pretenders, that he would make us into a new creation, not just the same old person. That's what it's all, that's what it will take to, to keep us from being Lord's, to be the Lord's betrayer, just like Judas was. We have to be a true follower of Jesus Christ our Lord. It ain't how long I've been here. It ain't what I'm doing. It ain't my title. It's not that. It's my relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that's gonna get me to heaven. Me being a preacher don't mean nothing because the only thing that's gonna get me to heaven is my relationship with Jesus Christ. How about it this morning? Could you betray the Lord? Could you ask the question, is it me? Have you made the complete commitment today to follow Jesus no matter the cost? Or are you just pretending to be something that you're not? Do you know Jesus today? If not, why not come to his table today? Everybody rise if you would. Why not come to his table today and sop with him? He's here to meet you right where you are. Listen to me, internet. He's right where you are. In your car, in your home, in your bathroom, in your yard, in your shelter, in, in your, in wherever you might be. You're sitting at a table. He's with you right now. Right now he's with you, no matter where you are. He wants, he wants to meet you right where you are. And you must come just as you are. You see, Jesus can change you and make you whole. He can take you, he can, he can make you complete. You just call on him and you can be saved today in Jesus' name. This is your day. Come now while he's calling. And I'm through. Father, in Jesus' name. I pray this morning, God, that you just have your divine way. I pray, Lord, you're gonna move among this congregation, among those folks by the way of the internet. Father, those that are listening, those that are even here, and God, those that's going to hear it later on by podcast or Father on, 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 the, on, the, on the live stream, Master, as Joy's got them where they're set up, we can pull down anybody we want, anytime we want. So Father, I pray this morning, God, that whoever listens, whoever hears, that the Holy Ghost of God is going to penetrate a heart, not just penetrate a mind. There's a lot of minds changed today, God, but hearts had not changed. Father, I pray the Holy Ghost is going to penetrate hearts and fathers, it was said some time ago, Lord, that God in our prayer meeting, Lord, I believe Brother Mike made a statement that we need God to prepare hearts to meet Jesus. So Father, I pray you will prepare hearts to reach out and take Jesus as our Lord and Savior because God, only him, only him, only through Jesus can we get to the Father. And Master, you tell us that there's a place. Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you that where I am, there you shall be also. Master, he's going to prepare a place for us all. And I believe God, Lord, the Bible says there's mansions in glory. You read some interpretations, it says rooms. Some interpretations say it's buildings. It can be whatever it is. I don't care what it is as long as I'm in glory with Jesus. It can be what it is, but I know the Bible says there's mansions in glory. And Father, I spiritually, I see them building my mansion right now. God, I see that thing being constructed, Lord. And Father, it's almost finished because I got a whole lot more days behind me than I do ahead of me. And Father, I see it, Lord, it's almost coming to completion, Lord. 
And Father, Lord, when that last nail is drove into that mansion, I don't know how you're going to build it, Lord. I'm just visualizing what I see. Father, when that last thing is done, that last nail is done, and Father, that everything is in place like it ought to be, and Father, they go out and they stick that mailbox down on, on the corner of the lot where the mansion's at, and Father, it's going to have my name on it, Lord. And God, when all that is done, Master, I can visualize in myself, Lord, that one day you're going to say, Son, come on, let's go. The deaf angel's going to knock on my heart's door. And he's going to say, come on, it's time to go home. Your matching has been complete. Father, the reason we're standing where we are today, Lord, right now, I believe that Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. He's still preparing. Because when he gets through preparing that place for us, Lord, we're going to be with him in glory. That's what the word of God says. Uh, Master, that's just my interpretation of it, Lord, because that's the way I want to see. Father, as you're building my matching. The day I was born, when I took my first breath, uh, God, you started building my matching. Even though I didn't know you for all those years, all those early years, I didn't know you. You were still working on my matching because, God, you knew the end result of, what, of, of who I was and who I was going to be. Because God, you you know from the very beginning, I won't born one day and you said, well, he's going to be a preacher. I think I'll make him a preacher. No, no, no. You knew who I was going to be and what I was going to be and where I was going to be at and what was going on all throughout my life. And you know the rest of it, Lord. So Father, you started my matching when I took my first breath. And after a while, you're going to finish it up. I'm going to take my last breath here on this earth and my next breath's going to be in glory. I'm going to be with you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, help me, Lord, to be one. God, be strong enough to say no. I will not be betray the Lord. But God, don't let it just be words falling out of my mouth. Let it be the sincerity of my heart because I believe and I trust God for everything you've done, Lord. I've surrendered it all to you. Jesus is my Savior. He gave it all for me, Lord. I want to give my all for him. He died for me that I can live. And Father, I pray often the least I can do. If he died for me, I'd be willing to die for him because that's what it's all about. Stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when all is said and done, I hear you say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Lord, Help me never to be a pretender. Help me, Lord, to never to be something that I'm not. Help me, Lord, not to try to fool people into something, but let me be the real deal wherever I'm at and whatever I'm doing. I want to be the real deal for the glory of God. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Somebody give him praise and glory in the house right now. Thanks for tuning in to our live stream here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Hornets Church. If you want more information about our church, go to our website, pinelevelphc.org. That's pinelevelphc.org. You can check out pictures, events coming up. Also, watch other services that you may have missed. Also, you can download our free app through the Google Play or the iOS App Store. You can watch our services live or on demand. And you can get push notifications about upcoming events here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Hornets Church, as well as check out other information that's going on here. Also, Facebook users, search Facebook for uh, Pine Level PHC, and you can like our page on Facebook, get notifications when we go live, check out pictures and other things that we post through Facebook. If you're a YouTube fan, go to YouTube, search Pine Level PH Church, and subscribe to our channel, and get notifications when we go live. You can watch our services live or on demand through YouTube. We also have a podcast available for the people who can't watch. You can listen while you drive or work. Go to your favorite podcast provider, or you can go to our website website or the app for the quick link to the podcast. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecost Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. Tune in again Sunday morning at 1030 or Sunday night at 6 p.m. and Wednesday at 7. God bless.